0: But ultimately, there's... I don't know. I I gotta figure out what's going on right now in Minnesota tonight. (laughs) Anyone know? In the the TikTok universe? How are things going? I'm assuming they still have a curfew. Just my guess, 7 p.m. curfew for the people of Minneapolis right now. I can never figure out who's on this thing. And, I don't know, I'll probably reset this. I'm right now looking at the uh, the article on Sir Patrick Rose, the former head of the Boston Police Department Union. Union that represents him. Who apparently, since the first accusation was filed or made against him in 1995, was allowed to stay on the force for decades and I think eventually be found or charged is the word charged with 30, 33 counts. 33 total charges involving six alleged victims after a Boston police internal investigation. Which more will come to light. We'll get to that in a second. But it seems like, I'll cover my bases, allegedly they knew, protected him, let him continue, not just within his work, but let him continue to see children and then they all promoted him to represent. They they, they looked at him alleged a known um, pedophile, sexual assailant of children. They looked at him and said, This is who we want running our union and they left him. Uh thank you, Ninke. I appreciate it. I want someone to call in because I want to see if the system works. But that's okay if no one, no one feels up to it. And it's funny because there was an article I think today I found it, which basically, um, like Boston is already well, Boston's been through this multiple times. Like this is not the first time that the Boston Police Department has been in trouble or in trouble to the point where politically it becomes a liability for you not to comment on it. That's a more accurate way of saying it. And I guess in the early 1990s, um, there was a string of basically like the Boston police, I think just beating the crap out of black people, to be honest. And it it hit such a, a fever pitch that eventually the then mayor said, okay, we have to, uh, we have to look into this. And they had a, a special committee, which is always fun whenever you hear special committee, just mentally, whenever you, you see a politician say, we're gonna have a special committee, what that means is we don't want any political consequences for this. We want it to look like we're doing something. So we're going to send um, have people there and then they can take the blame for whatever they make. And then a year from now, they'll give us a list of recommendations. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if there's something different with the uh, the TikTok Maria, or uh, I mean the the Twitch. But say I look tired. Hey, we have a caller. Let's see if the system works. And I'm not held responsible for anything that goes wrong right now. Hello.
1: The system works.
0: The system works. Um, what is your name and? Where are you calling from? My
1: name is Cabe. I'm calling from Jamaica Plain.
0: Uh, um, uh, you say Cabe? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that again? Yeah. Cabe. Um. And now, if anyone on TikTok, can you in the comments? Can you hear? Cabe, thumbs up or something. But um, Cabe, how are you? What uh, what brought you to call in this evening?
1: Well, I wanted to see if the system worked.
0: Okay. Well. So, f- oh, okay, hold on, we're getting some yeses in the chat. System works. Um, all right, I-, I have to imagine that if you uh, follow my stuff, you at least have an interest in politics. Of course. And uh, w- would you say that you're politically active? Are you involved in any local campaigns, or are you busy with other things in life?
1: Uh, a little bit lower level. Um, so not any active campaigns, but a lot of
0: uh, local organizing. Okay, that's awesome. Um, uh, tell us about one of them.
1: Um, the local neighborhood council.
0: Okay. And uh, what does your uh, the, the JP local neighborhood council do?
1: Oh, they do so many things. There are working committees for a number of different things, housing, zoning, um, things along those lines. But there is a subcommittee for police procedures that has been meeting for the last year.
0: Ooh, awesome. And I mean, obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with my politics around the role of the police, and I'm hoping that we have a lot of budget cuts. I'm going to talk a little bit about what Kim Janey was saying earlier and what the big fight's going to be this summer. But out of your working group, what are they pushing in terms of policy changes or proposals?
1: That's a really good question. Um, because there are so many folks who are really just trying to get involved, I think that there is a lot of kind of not knowing where to even begin to turn. Uh, and because it's at the, the very local level, right to their electeds about um, budgets and things along those lines.
0: Okay. And people um, in your committee, my last question, I promise, people in your committee, are they amicable to reducing police spending?
1: I would say that there is a a split. Many people are, and then there are a couple people who aren't. There are a couple people who are very pro-community policing.
0: Oh, and uh, what would their definition of community policing be? That's one of those phrases where I don't think anyone can articulate it clearly for me.
1: That's a really good question. I think that they are looking for more policing where you know who the cops are the cops know who the people in the neighborhood are and that there are more walking beats and things along those lines
0: and it's funny because i was just mentioning earlier about in the early 1990s boston went through a similar we'll call it reckoning their special committee and one of their major proposals was we need more community policing we need cops to walk the streets to know the neighbors and honestly what it it, so this is like a, a a tried and true tactic, and what it basically always results to is keep funding us, keep allowing us to basically be the lever of how to enforce all policy, and we'll just try to be nicer this year. And it never, <laughs> exactly. um, as long as they get, the, they get the funding, they don't care, and as long as they get the funding, then um, things are going to be uh, leaned towards punishment, because that's ultimately what they're trained to do. But I, I really please, uh, appreciate you calling in. Um, thank you for testing the system. I'm, I'm like now awkwardly holding the phone, hoping that helps, but it seems like people can hear you. And people also say thank you for calling. So keep uh, keep up the great work. Excellent. Oh, thank and um, I'm sorry, one last question. Are you going to be supporting Kendra Hicks?
1: Uh, I plan to,
0: yes. All right, fantastic. I just got off a uh, for call with their field team. Um, so hopefully I'll see you at a Kendra Hicks uh, campus sometime soon.
1: Wait, can I ask a question in return? Yeah, please. How do you feel about Kelly Ransom?
0: Um, I honestly don't know much about her. Um, What can you tell me about her?
1: Um, I also don't know a whole lot about her. I've seen her in a couple local meetings. She seems very nice. Um, I know that she is queer. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that I need to look more into her her policy initiatives. Um, But she just recently... um,
0: put her her name in the ring okay um i mean because boston dsa um you know we've endorsed kendra kendra has been knocking doors doing the work was willing to challenge uh, matt o'malley and that goes a long way if you're willing to uh, challenge an incumbent and so i doubt Mm -hmm. or i can promise you that probably this person is not going to get me to change my endorsement um i hope they have great politics Honestly, um, I I hope they um, are right in line with Kendra in terms of policy, and I hope then they both make it out of the prelims, so either way, we have a candidate that's going to kind of champion what we want. So I'll never tell someone not to enter the race, um, and I'll certainly learn more about her, but I am ride or die for Kendra Hicks in District 6. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, the system worked, and we had a nice friendly caller. From JP. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody in the... Right, I'm going to put this down now. Someone in the Twitch asking, off topic, recently moved to Boston for school, wondering about the political landscape of surrounding areas, like Brookline and Watertown, for instance. Um, I can't really speak into that much detail. I mean, it's mostly Brooklyn and Watertown. Watertown's a little bit of a different. That still has some... Uh, middle-class roots to it. But Brookline is an uh, incredibly wealthy area, Brookline and Newton. And so th- there are people doing uh, good organizing work in Brookline, but ultimately the, the politics of it is just radically different because of how much more money people have in those neighborhoods. Even though I still think they have a high percentage of renters and are absolutely facing the same problems that most cities are having in terms of not enough affordable housing. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to take one more from the chat. People, feel free to call in if you choose to. Uh, where's your accent from? It's funny because everyone pegs me as being from Boston. Uh, I'm not from Boston. Maybe, like, the hat throws people. But I grew up in Haverhill, Massachusetts, which is 35 minutes north of here. And... It might be because I have a speech impediment. It might be because I have some undiagnosed learning disability. To be completely honest, I can't spell like at all. Um, teachers tried to figure out my whole deal. Nobody could figure it out. But it, it seems to at least mirror a Boston accent. So I'm not going to complain. Um, Cambridge is similar And what I mean by that is, well, Cambridge has great organizers. There's, I don't know, 300 DSA members probably who live in Cambridge. You have two fantastic city councilors with uh, Jeevan, Sabrina Wheeler, who's a DSA member, um, Quinton, who's a DSA member. And it's the same things everywhere. It's, um, we need... Uh, tenant protections for renters. We need more affordable housing. We need to stop paying so much money into the police. We need to expand public transportation. We need to have an actual Green New Deal. Um, I don't know if people saw, I, I think I mentioned it on my rundown, but like the MBTA is still purchasing diesel trains, like new trains. It's not phasing out old existing fossil fuel infrastructure. They're still buying new fossil fuel infrastructure. And this is the big problem with like the climate change legislation is they just they pick a goal and they just say by 2040, we want this by 2030, we want this, which is great. Like before any project, you have to start with a goal, but then you have to create an enforcement mechanism, which then says, okay now we're going to compel people to do this because I can already tell you what the headlines are going to be two years from now. Uh, Massachusetts not on pace to meet climate uh, change goals. Three years from now, Massachusetts lagging behind reaching goals. Legislators think about expanding, pushing deadlines. Like, that is already what you're going to have. And then they're going to say, what? Um, Oh, you know, we made a mistake years ago. We trusted business, and we're really disappointed that big business and developments aren't making the changes that they promised. We're very disappointed. But everyone already knows what's going to happen. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um... Can you talk about the police union president? Yes. All right, good. That's a good um, pivot to exactly, I want to talk about some of Kim Janey's. Um, so quickly, because I've mentioned it multiple times on the TikToks and on my podcast. Basically, in 1995, um, accusations uh, were made against an existing uh, a police officer, um, sexual assaulting a child, That officer's name, Patrick Rose, the Boston police did an internal investigation, which Kim Janey will be releasing the documents of. But what it's looking like, what happened was that Boston police looked into it once the allegation was made. They found, oh, yeah, this is credible. Didn't charge him. Didn't kick him off the force. Instead, had him stay on. Let him continue to work as a police officer where he continued to see children where there are now 33 different charges of sexual assault against children like against him and they even elected him to be the president of their police union somebody who everyone knew that this was going on apparently and th- I mean that that is a lot of the culture of police is like we protect our own that's why there's so many um people who Uh, Police officers who, like, they get drunk driving under the rug. They get domestic abuse swept under the rug. They get murders swept under the rug. It's just a culture of protecting each other. They're all making the average salary is hundred and twenty grand. Like, why is anyone going to rock the boat? And so what Kim Janey, acting mayor, came out and said, all right, we're going to release the documents because Marty Walsh Walsh refused to. Marty Walsh said, we're not going to release the documents because that's going to, Um, then dox or disclose the name of the children who filed the accusations. So for their safety, we're not going to release it, which is obviously BS. You can take a black Sharpie, you can cross off the victims' names, like every other public agency is capable of doing. It's called uh, a redacted report, and then you publish that. It's, It's not that hard to publish a report that you just cross off the name and addresses of the victims' But Marty Walsh was trying to hide behind that. Kim Janey said, I'm going to release it." Okay, that's good. But then Kim Janey, she she is going to release her budget. And this is going to be the whole fight. The whole fight is going to come down to how much money are we giving to the police? This is what the big fight was last year when the so-called most progressive city council in Boston's history went with Marty Walsh's um, police-friendly budget. Only five Boston city councilors uh, voted no Ricardo Arroyo Kim Janey Michelle Wu Andrea Campbell oh, I always forget the fifth oh, Julia Mejia. Um then those are the five that said no then we have three so-called progressives that abandoned that base and went with the conservatives went with the cops went with Marty Walsh and that was Lydia Edwards Liz Braden and Kenzie Bach and what the compromise was was oh Marty Walsh's this budget it cuts 12 million from the OT and this is what is very very important is how they do the police budget is they say I think it was close to 440 million let's just call it that the police budget is 440 million and the police overtime budget is 40 million and we're going to cut 12 million now, they say it awkwardly. They give you two different numbers. The, But the overall budget, that includes everything. It includes the overtime. But then they tell you the overtime. So $440 million police for budget, $40 million for OT. And the reason they create those two different parts is that the OT is limitless. The OT is a goal. So what they did last year during the budget was they said, 440 million for the police again it's somewhere around that somebody can google it find the exact number and it was going to be 40 million but instead we're going to cut it by 12 million so the ot budget will be 28. and then guess what happened because that ot budget is limitless the police department spent that 28 million they kept spending And it is now going to be more than it was the year previously, which means at the end of the day, the Boston Police Department got more money this year than they got last year. The whole cutting from the police overtime budget is complete bullshit. It is a trick. It is meant to sound like they're making cuts when in reality, they are still giving the same amount of funding. They just are changing the goal. And that is why what Kim Janey said uh, um, I know there are comments, I'll get to them in a second. that's why what Kim Janey said today was so irritating. I'm quoting um, Adam Gaffin, uh, a journalist. Janey says her uh, fiscal year 2020 budget will include a dramatic reduction in police OT. But an increase in budget for cadet program with the goal of creating a new pipeline for minority officers. So she is already going to try to do... Because last year she voted no, because she was knew she'd probably be running for mayor. And she is now saying that, oh, we're going to cut the police OT. They're going to try the same trick twice. They're going to tell people they're cutting the police budget. But when they say OT... Again, it's limitless. It is a goal. It doesn't matter what you put in there. You can make the police OT zero. They, because of their contract, get to bill uh, bill the city well beyond that number. So she is already starting by saying we're going to try this trick twice. We're going to lie to the people, make it seem like we're actually making cuts when we're not and I'm going to increase their funding so then they can have better programs. We're gonna give them more money for racial sensitivity training. We're gonna give them more money so that we can have more minority officers. At the end of the day, if you are not cutting the budget, you're not doing anything. That is what this is all about. Politics is about the allocation of resources. That's it, the most simple definition. You have a system of government, system of politics, which determines how are we going to use resources in a society. If police get the money, then you will have a society which is catered towards austerity where you use the police to basically quell, squash, subjugate your lesser populations, your minority populations, the ones that you don't want or care about, the ones that affect property value negatively. And she's already saying that's what she's going to do. And this is going to be basically what the next from now until the end of June is going to this will be the debate. This is going to shape the Boston mayoral race of who's cutting the money and where are you cutting it from. But if you're listening to this, when you hear OT, it's bullshit. It doesn't do what they are saying it's doing. It's a lie. And, and they all know it. So we'll see what happens. Glad I got to get that off my chest. All right, hold on. I'm going up. Um. Call me crazy, but if Wu was elected, we would actually make progress towards our climate goals. It's difficult, honestly. Um, And and I like Wu. I've endorsed Wu. I've given money to Wu. I'm sure I'll be knocking doors for her in some capacity. But um, it'll be interesting to see to what extent are people willing to use the power of mayor to do what is necessary to compel businesses, corporations, statewide agencies to actually make changes. And we'll see. City budget is not funded from their budget at oh. all. Yes, correct. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading Kim Janey's budget. It'll be interesting, telling to say the least. But yeah, this will be the big fight. Let's see. All right. Besides that, that was a big thing I wanted to say. I got Andrea Campbell's housing policy. Which I have not fully gone into. I'm at about 24 minutes. Uh, anyone want to come in? Uh, call in? All right, somebody's saying I'm wrong. Can you please call in <laughs> so I can explain it to you? You might have to go back at the number and come back in. Um, until then, I'm just set. keep reading questions. I'm, I'm moving to Rosie next month from Plymouth. Um, so, the mayoral election, the prelims. September. I'm gonna say fourteenth, twenty first. I, I I should know that date. Um, uh, because the elections are nonpartisan, meaning it's not Democrat versus Republican. You don't do primaries. You do what's called a prelim, which is basically everyone runs, and then the top two make it out, and then the general election. I don't know. November first, fourth. That is when the two go head to head. Um. So we're just gonna ignore how many Massachusetts it's funny because i was in a meeting today and somebody brought that up apparently i um i have a very good age range of people who watch my tiktoks um and apparently there's a demographic of older women um who seem to enjoy my tiktoks um for one reason i um and then there's another much younger demographic uh who enjoy my tiktoks for a completely different reason i guess i'll uh i'll leave it at that but yeah it's pretty funny what was I just saying before that distracted me? Um, oh, can I vote? Yes, you just got to change your voting registration. So, when you, I don't know, DM me and I'll send you the steps to uh, how to vote. But yes, you, um, you you can vote. And if you're moving next month, you'll you'll be here um, in enough time. Now, uh, the interesting question is going to be uh, who makes it out of the prelims because I think I mentioned this a few days ago, like the um, housing, the development money, because developers have no idea who's going to win. So uh, in that case, you just bet on everyone. So they just donate everyone. Some developers are donating for like four people, some five, some all six. There was a numeral candidate who just declared uh, today. I don't know who the person is. And so out of that funding, John Santiago is taking the most money from developers he also got the backing of local 223 which was marty walsh's old union and what that is telling me kind of like reading the tea leaves and the money is that that'll be where the white male vote goes because as of right now i gotta figure out who this new person is maybe it's nick collins and if it's nick collins this all changes but um. As of right now, it's probably going to be John Santiago who gets the white male vote. And that is a demographic that vote consistently in prelims. Like This will all come down to turnout and uh, what percentage of people in Boston vote in September. And it's going to be it's normally very low. I don't have the exact figures, but it is maybe 20 percent, probably not even that. And so, if you have less than twenty percent of your population voting in the prelims, which then filter it down to a heads-up match, um, it's kind of anyone's race. It's all going to come down to fields. Um, who's knocking the most doors? Who's making the most calls? Any thoughts on New York City mayoral race? Thoughts on Yang? Um, every poll that's coming out definitely has Yang as the front runner. A lot of that is name recognition, obviously. Uh, Most people don't decide who they're going to vote for until the last 48, 72 hours. Um, New York also has a very low voter turnout in terms of their uh, races. Um, I think he's a a joke, to be honest. Um, He doesn't have many progressive policies. He's somewhere between Elon Musk in terms of his marketing gimmicks and, I don't know. Yeah, that's really it. He, uh, he's basically just like a cartoonish version of Elon Musk, who's already a cartoonish version of himself. Um, And if progressives can get behind one candidate. Yeah, I, I'm, but, but that never happens, to be honest. Um, There is no consolidation. And... Like what? What I normally point to for that is uh, the Massachusetts Fourth District, Joe Kennedy's seat um, that he gave up to foolishly run against Markey. That had I don't know twelve people in um, the squad. You know the the squad four four people. They split their endorsement in that election. Um, Anissa went with Jesse. And then a few months later, Ilhan Omar went with uh, my preferred candidate, the candidate that I was volunteering for, um, is- um, Ishan Lucky. So if four people, the squad, can't coordinate in a race, can't have a conversation about who they're going to back, who they're going to endorse, then there's no way that all these different factions within Boston will be able to do it. Now, having said that, there is a coalition. Um, that I'm fortunate enough to be part of, of a lot of the left neighborhood groups throughout Boston that do come together, we actually have a meeting in a couple of days, to have this conversation um, about who on the city council is this coalition going to support, who are they going to endorse, how can they uh, strategize together. They were very instrumental in uh, getting Rachel Rollins, the Suffolk DA elected, very instrumental the last two cycles in shaping the Boston City Council. Um, so I, I look forward to be being part of those discussions. Um, the interviews are really fun. Um, like we interviewed everyone who's currently on the City Council because this coalition has enough clout that like you want their endorsement uh, because of what they represent. So yeah, I, I will look forward to interviewing uh, the different candidates. Um, Along with them, in whatever role. Uh, That coalition, I normally take a little bit more of a backseat. Though, I clearly like to talk. Um, You also kind of have to recognize who you are and where you are. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, People tend to praise Yang, because he has both sides' respect him, but... Yeah, because he has enough... um, I don't know what to call it. Youth backing. People who like... I mean... You know, the the UBI, right? That was, um, I guess we'll call it ahead of its time. Like COVID basically showed, oh, you can do this. It is a good policy. My largest, the reason I was so hesitant with uh, UBI and still am, uh, like um, Andrew Yang said it in an interview, like, so we're just going to do a UBI and we're going to get rid of social security. We're going to get rid of like minimum wage. We're going to get rid of uh, this social safety net and people will just get a check once a month and that's it. And almost using it as a tool to completely dismantle any semblance we have of a, um, a social welfare state. And at the end of the day, if you don't have protections, if um, this, these monthly stimuluses start to become a, a thing, because capital seems to be okay with it to some extent, because if this is all done by consumer spending, then you, you need people to have money to continue to consume. But if you do it without protections, then what stops my landlord from just keep raising my rent and this monthly check that I get just goes to him? Nothing. Um, so uh, if you're going to do it, then you need to have um, a lot of protections. So we'll see. But yeah, he had one good idea, if you want to call it that. Um, who's going to run against Charlie Baker? Uh, yep, Kate the Great. Um, ben Downing is announced. Is yep. Uh, Sonia Chang Diaz is thinking about it. Charlie Baker might not run. I mean, really, there's no, there's nothing. Uh, I'm gonna close up in a second, but there's nowhere else for him to go. He um, without him changing parties, he has hit his ceiling. There is nothing for him on the national scale in Republican politics. Period. He he would get wiped. I think he'd get wiped in the, a primary here. I don't think he's making it out of a Republican primary here in Massachusetts. That's his biggest concern. If he makes it out of the Republican primary, he'll win the governorship. But um, I, like right now, he's not raising money. He he can flick a switch and raise money. That that's not a problem for that guy. But he's not raising money. Uh, his lieutenant governor is. I'm gonna, Catherine Caitlin, KP, I don't know somebody in the chat quickly, blanking on her name. Um, yeah, she, she's well over two million dollars. Uh, raised. So we'll see. Um have I considered running for office? I mean I obviously have. Um I would be lying to you if I said I, I haven't, but I don't know, as somebody mentioned before, if there are good people running, I don't have a reason to run. Um I, I I'm enjoying helping getting people elected. If uh if it ever comes down to we need one person to sit in that one chair and then we win Okay, uh, like I'll throw my hat in the ring, but that's not a—that's not how politics work, unfortunately. Um, you need to have a mass mobilization, and so if that is what you need to do to win, I'm willing to do the work of the mass mobilizing. I—I um, I really don't need my name out there, but um, yes, I have considered it. Was I on sports radio the other day? No, I was not. But obviously, because of how I talk, I sound like I constantly am. When is uh, Joe Contano going to announce? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm I think he's in like exploratory committee right now. Also, uh, trying to figure out if Sonia's is going to run. 90 percent of new housing units in Boston were affordable to people making 60% of annual income. That's true. Um, well, so, so, uh, 60% of annual income. If you're talking about how HUD defines that term, HUD defines the AMI of the Boston region at about $115,000. Which is three times the actual amount. So that stat, yeah, like uh, you'd have to tell me where you're getting those numbers, uh, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. The last person to primary him who got 30, 35% of the vote was this minister who, um, this homophobic minister who went to Uganda, talked about how the gays are the devil and incited a genocide. That's who ran against Charlie Baker, and that guy got 30% of the, of the Republican primary vote. So you get somebody who is halfway, I don't know, only did half a genocide, and maybe that person gets over the 50. Um, unfortunately, school committee is not an elected position, though I am trying to do that. Um, and right now, I'm trying to help people get on the city council. Um, NBC Boston quoting the show. Ooh, but Okay, that's going to do it for me. Thank you. Oh, I'm blanking on a name. Thank you, um, our friend from JP, for testing the system. Disappointed more of you didn't call in. So collectively as a group, let's all get better at that. Call in next time. Especially the person who said that I'm wrong, don't know what I'm talking about. Please call in next time. But, all right, with that, I'm going to go hang out with my friends via Zoom. But, yeah, take care. Have a great night, everyone.